Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Greetings to all online, those here. First Samuel 30. This morning we had an unusual service, two different services, similar but different. And when I was preaching during one of those, and I can't remember which one, but I believe it was the 11 o'clock, I talked about David. In the Old Testament, the young, ruddy shepherd boy who was chosen by God, not because of his pedigree, not because of his appearance, for man looks at the appearance that God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And David was considered the least. I've done numerous studies, heard many messages on David, who's in the lineage of Jesus. The only one in the Bible that's called the sweet psalmist of Israel. He was a warrior king, warring worshiper. Some say that he was illegitimate. He's called the youngest, which is a very derogatory term. Not invited to the sacrifice with Samuel the prophet who came to Bethlehem. And Samuel, at his word, weather patterns changed. Pretty dysfunctional family when the guy who can change the weather shows up and you're not even asked to come and do anything. Not asked to be a part of it at all. Our youth are in the back. Where's my youth at? Come on out. Come on. Here's what we're going to do. Please come on out. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. I, yeah, I don't mean on the stage. I mean, go on and take your seats if you would. Yeah, just, we're going to do the dance after. Thank you so much. You'll never make an omelet unless you break some eggs. So we're breaking quite a few, but what I want to be sensitive to do, and please help me, Pastor Karen, is they've worked very hard, and I want you to see this. So there's a couple things you need to help me with. One, we don't want to forget to worship the Lord with our giving tonight. And when we do that, they'll come up and dance, and we'll do that towards the end. So long as a rapture doesn't take place between now and then. Thank you for saying something. It's important to honor those who've worked so hard. They've practiced for hours. And, um, and some of you are here to see them dance before the Lord. And, and I'm looking forward to it too. But I'm preaching first. And I can do that because I'm the pastor. So. But we never want to dishonor anybody. 
Come on, just lift your hands to heaven. Let me get back to where I was, which I'm not sure where that is. Uh, don't change the lights on me. Just keep it right exactly like it was. Thanks. So David, the youngest, the least of his family, not even invited when the man of God who changed weather patterns. I mean, Samuel, none of his words. He's the, he's the son of the barren Hannah. But when God comes on you, your barrenness leaves. And that's what happened to Hannah. She cried out and brought forth Samuel who was one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. It's a great name, Samuel. None of his words fell to the ground. And Saul had, Saul had been rejected because Saul, King Saul, the king at the time, had been rejected because he yielded to the peer pressure. He yielded to the, the pressure of the people. And didn't hew Agag, that was the final thing that he didn't do. Hew is an Old Testament word for chopped to pieces. He didn't kill Agag. He paraded them around. He did what other kings did, but he didn't obey the Lord. And he didn't wait for Samuel to come. And he, he just didn't obey. And it was uh, the, last, the last strike. God rejected Saul and chose David. But David was chosen... Not because he looked good. Not because he was eloquent. Not because of anything that we can tell other than he got God's attention in the field. Through the Psalms. He wrote most of the Psalms. He, he was a worshiper. And God chose a man after his own heart, David. And I like that because if you study the life of David, and we're going to look at 1 Samuel 30, you study the life of David, you see a man after God's own heart. He was jacked up. He lied. He did all kinds of stuff that wasn't right, and he's still called a man. That gives hope for you. And me. And his life is worth studying because... I believe it's a quote from Alan Redpath, a Baptist preacher and scholar and wrote one of the best books on David. The Life of Studies and the Life of David. Profound. Men of God are made in the fire. It is the only way to make a man of God. It's the only way to make a woman of God. It's the only way to galvanize anything. Diamonds are made under pressure and we hate that. We want to be the sparkling, multifaceted diamond. We don't like what makes us that. And there is pressure on the United States. And when I say United States, I mean the people of the United States. There's pressure all over. Pressure from without, pressure from within. There's concerns. There's challenges. I'm going to tell you that if you will stay in the place of abiding and remaining in God, if you'll stay in the place of encouragement and being strengthened by his presence, his power, by his word, he will form and fashion you and make you into a new sharp threshing sledge. He will cleanse you. That's a quote from Isaiah. He will cleanse you from the former things and use you now for noble purposes. God is making new vessels. 
God is making a, a new vessels, people that will carry his power. Religion and tradition don't work anymore. They don't work. They didn't work before, but they especially don't work now in the midst of all that's taking place. David is anointed to be the next king, but for years he has to be in the, in the, in the furnace, if you will. For years he goes from pillar to post, hiding his king, trying to kill him, and he has no idea when he's going to break out and become, you know, God's anointed one, the next king over Judah and Israel. He's given a piece of land, and this is the reference that I made this morning. He's given a piece of land called Ziklag. And there it becomes like his, it becomes like, uh, it becomes like Wasilla. It becomes his training center. People come from all over, and that's what's happening here. And we're at the very beginning. They're going to fly in from all over the place. They're going to come from all over. Like if you look at one of those, those airline maps and you see all of the, the red lines coming to a major city. Yeah, they're all, there's red lines in the spirit. People going to be coming from all over the world to receive power and anointing and training and instruction to receive the blessing of God. And it's not just here. There are centers all around the world where the power of God is going to be put on display. And he's, I believe he's chosen us. I believe he's chosen us to be a part of that. And we're at the very genesis, the very beginning of it. And so Ziklag is this place where people have gathered to him. He's got a large army. His family is, are there. The, the, the men's wives and children are there. The, the soldiers are there. They, they come back from a raiding party. And all of Ziklag, this place, is totally burned with fire. And they're so freaked out. They're battle-weary, for one thing, and I know this. I know this, that some of you have battle fatigue. You've just been like, my gosh, do I have to fight another blasted Delta version? Are you serious right now? Do I have to seriously fight now? Do I have to, like, like supply chains? Are God, supply chains are limited? Lord. And then, and then all of the different challenges in schools and on the job and things are changing. And my gosh, what's happening in our country? I mean, the perversion that's everywhere. So, some of you are battle weary. Because you're like, man, how many shots can we take? And, and you just, your hands are starting to hang a little bit low. I want to preach to you tonight about how to encourage yourself in the Lord and how to, how to overcome, how to break through, how to get to the other side, how to get what God's got for you, how to shake free of the battle fatigue and walk into the blessing of God, a very familiar text, Samuel, 1 Samuel, I was going to say Isaiah, it's a good book, that's not what I'm preaching from, 1 Samuel 30, are you all there? 1 Samuel 30. Those are spirit-filled people in the media booth. They didn't start my clock because I know I ain't going to look at it without one time. I don't know if you ever had slow-cooked, you know, slow-cooked roast done just right. We might be on a slow cook tonight. First Samuel 30, David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. 
let me stop and say that every time you see third day, you should start paying attention because on the third day, he rose again. And there's third, we're in a third day moment, I believe, the outpouring of the Spirit of God. There's coming another great awakening, a third wave, some call it, a third great awakening. Now the Amalekites had raided Negev, the Negev and, and Ziklag. They attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and all who were in it both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. Verse 3, David and his men came to Ziklag, found it destroyed by fire, their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Go down to verse 6. David was greatly distressed because the men talked of stoning him. Well, so not only does, not only is his house burned, not only are all his men's houses burned, but his wives and his children are gone, and all of their wives and children are gone. That would be enough to be distressed. But it doesn't stop there, because as happens when there's battle fatigue, and what happens when things are difficult, is there's blame shifting. And in actual fact, you could possibly blame David because he's been in disobedience to the Lord up to this point. You study this, the man after God's own heart. Yeah, he's been, he did not listen to the prophet. He did not listen to the prophet at all. He went, he didn't stay in Israel. He went out, he went to the Philistine, he went to the Philistines, he bounced back and forth. He didn't heed, he ran, he turned, he hid. He did all kinds of things. He didn't, he didn't listen to the word of the Lord. And so, the men are fed up and they want to kill him. They spoke of stoning him. Each one was bitter in his spirit because of his sons and his daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Say that with me. But David found strength in the Lord his God. For the love of God, you better learn how to do that. You better learn how to find strength in the Lord your God. That doesn't just come. You know, I had an interesting thing that's happened over the past uh 24 hours or so. The Lord's begin to speak to me about the voice of the shepherd. I think it was something someone said to me at the, at the pumpkin patch, and I commend all of you for giving and partnering, and pumpkin patch was great. We saw thousands of people come, people get saved, people added to the church. You might even be here because we did the old pumpkin patch. And... The Lord's begun to speak to me about the voice of the shepherd. And it was this random thing somebody said to me about my voice. I've known them since I've been here 15 years. They've been in and out of the church. Currently, they're out. They might have showed up today. I don't know. They said, oh, it's, it's, it's good to hear your voice. And they started crying. See, because my voice has been consistent by the grace of God. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not trying to blow my trumpet. God, God forbid. My voice has been consistent here for 15 years. I've not stopped. And, and many of you have not stopped either. And I began to think about that. It's so good to hear your voice. Because my voice, listen, we didn't, we didn't call and talk about the latest game of Twister that they had. Is that a reference to 70s game, Twister? We, did, we didn't talk about checkers. We didn't talk. We didn't have conversation. My voice in their life is the voice of me preaching. Me praying, me prophesying. That is my voice in their life. I, and, and, and that's it. It's not that I'm against talking about checkers and twister and 
the weather. I, I'm not against that. But clearly, my voice in their life is the voice of a shepherd. And so it's good to hear your voice. They choked because it's connected to the kingdom. And so as I was driving away, I said something to my wife, and I don't remember exactly what I said, but I said, you know, wow, the voice of the shepherd. And I began to think about Dr. Morocco in my life. He's my pastor, has been for a long time. And when I hear his voice, well, it all depends on the context. <laughs> when I'm in need of comfort, when I'm in need of strength, when I'm in need of help and I hear his voice, it might as well be God to me. Now, he's a man, but he's been preaching and praying and standing with me and in teaching me and mentoring me for so long that when he speaks, it's almost like God speaking to me. Please don't hear me wrong. I connect him to the kingdom. I connect him to the love of God and the mercy of God. If you're going to learn to receive strength from the Lord, you have to learn to hear his voice. You know, I've had people that have come here for years and then they've gone off and when they need a miracle, they haven't been able to find a church. That's a common thing. They'll move away, can't find a church. Listen, I just want to say, if you're moving, we'll bless you, praise God. You got to be dumber than a box of rocks to move somewhere and not have a good church to go to. You missed a great place to say amen. Is that is that really a criteria? It's a criteria for me. I would if I was going to move, which I'm not. But if I was going to move somewhere, I would I would want to make sure that would be one of the indicators. You said, "What if God's leading you to start a church?" Okay, that's different. But that would be one of the indicators: a strong, healthy. Bible preaching, teaching, Pentecostal spirit filled, Shonda Kandalakahaya Ho Ho Church. With red and yellow, black and white. Everybody precious in his sight. Old, young, and everything in between. Because that's a sign of health. And when you look around right now, you see old, young, red and yellow, black and white. Come on, look around. There's a little slice of heaven right here. And I've had people call me who've been so faithful here and then moved away. And they said, if you'll just pray, I know God will move. And you know, I pray. their faith is connected to the preaching and the teaching of God's word. It's not so much the anointing on my life. Please don't hear me wrong. David strengthened himself in the Lord. He had a relationship with God where he could just say, okay, I, I got some problems right now. All these guys want to kill me. And they were killers. You know that. You know that. And they were all, they, they, were, they were a rough crew. Kind of like you. The, the indebted, they came. The broken, the rejected, they came. In fact, it says in Chronicles that until his army was likened to the army of God. That's quite a verse of scripture. You can go look it up. I don't have the exact reference. That the army of David was likened to the army of God. They're so discouraged that they, they talked of stoning David and David found strength. Let me give you three or four things that David did in the midst of battle fatigue to how to overcome and move on into destiny and purpose because many, many people are tired and sick and hurting and discouraged and don't know what's going to happen next. Number one, he strengthened himself in the Lord as God. Do you know how to do that? How do you do that? Well, let me just give you like, you know, real simple how-to. I love all this how-to stuff on YouTube. 
And you can learn anything, just about. The Word of God will strengthen you. When I need strength from the Lord, I, I begin to pray. I'll pray in my heavenly language. And if you've not been baptized in the Holy Ghost and gotten your prayer language, oh, I'm telling you, you need that. You need the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need a prayer language, praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit praying through you. Now, David, Old Testament saint, he's not praying in tongues, but he knew how to strengthen himself in the Lord. And the New Testament application is you must know how to strengthen when no one's around and you can't reach your life group leader and you can't reach your prayer partner and, and, and Facebook is, is down. You know how many people lost their minds when Facebook went off? It's the end of the world! <laughs> Facebook and Instagram went off for like 24 hours and people just freaked out. Lord, are you even there? I read the word. I pray. I, I get people praying for me. I have hands laid on me. I mean, if you want to write those things, go ahead. I'll lay hands on myself. Read the word. Pray. I'll have hands laid on me. I'll lay hands on myself. I'll worship. Worship is one of the greatest ways to break through. I'll sing until he shows up. So, well, my voice is not very good. Hum then. Find, find, find some music that connects you to, the, to God. Listen, before the throne, it sounds like that. That's, listen, I'm just telling you, that's a little bit of heaven in there tonight. And if you can tap into heaven, oh, the things of the world go strangely dim. That is strengthening yourself in God. Look at number two. Let me give you a second thing, which really ties together. Verse seven, David said to Abathar, this is the one priest that escaped from the 80 priests that were killed because David lied. Let's get that clear. It's the story. So one priest left. David lied. And the crazy king, Saul, came and killed everybody. But this guy ran for his life with the ephod, which is quite a weapon. Bring me the ephod. It was the means by which they would hear God's voice, the Urim and the Thurim. And the ephod's a big deal. Now, we have the Holy Spirit. We don't have ephods, and we don't roll dice or, or toss bones. Hello. You don't read the stinking I Ching, for God's sake. Go read your... You know, I got so irritated. I think it was on Snapchat. I have a Snapchat account. I got all those accounts so I could stalk my children. <laughs> Early on when perhaps I needed it. Now I just have them and use them occasionally. But my son brought up my Snapchat and he said, oh, you're a cancer. It says you're a cancer. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> that used to be the thing back in the 70s. Peace, man, what sign are you? Don't even, listen, it's a demonic. You know, some people don't even get out of bed before they read the stinking astrology chart or whatever it is in the newspaper. The horoscope. Yeah, I mean, how good does that actually sound? Horror. Horoscope. <laughs> the horoscope. It irritated me. I said, no, let's get that. That needs to go. I ain't going to have that. I'm not identifying with that at all. 
So I'm like, hey, man, I tried to get it to take that off, and I flipped it to my son, and I'm not, I didn't check back up on it to see if it was removed. What son are you? Shut up! <laughs> Come on, say shut up. It feels good. Ready? One, two, three. It's pretty good. What's he talking about, Mom? I never heard about sign. Yeah, you don't need to hear about any of it. It's demonic. Want to read astrology, you know, report for the day? I mean, why curse yourself? Why would you stick your finger in a pencil sharpener? <laughs> ah! Ah! And then the next day you wake up. Ah! Don't do that. You don't need some demonized. Come on, raise your hands to heaven. You don't need some demonized person telling you that your stars are not aligned or you should stay. Shut up. I serve the one who made the stars. I'm not going to worry about it. Come on, God's on the throne. He leads me. He guides me. He directs me. And fools go where angels fear to tread. So you need to be led by him. The one who made the stars might tell you to stay home. I had a moment on a plane on the way over here. Before I got on the plane, I paused. I didn't tell Pastor Karen until right now. I paused at the door, and I thought, whoop, and I waited, and there's some people behind me, and I'm like, yeah. I just, all of a sudden, I just felt something like, wait. I waited, put my hand on the ball. I do the same thing every time I get on every plane. Mostly, I keep walking, but this one, I felt like, check. I just checked. I don't know if the Lord is just checking to make sure I'm still checking. So I checked, like, Jesus, you want me on the plane? It's like, you can get on now. I'm like, okay, good. I went and get on the plane. And when we're coming into Anchorage, oh man, we're coming into Anchorage. I mean, when people start shrieking on the plane, ah! and, and, and the air's leaving the plane, and I, I'm usually like not moved at all, but I thought about, you said I could get on the plane, God. So I got a lot of work to do. We got a building to finish. We got revival. Oh God, oh God. So I just closed my stuff and I leaned forward, cranked my belt. And I did that because I hit the ceiling of a plane once because my belt was not on. Wrenched my neck. Oh, yeah, you want to wear your seatbelt. So we came through with shrieks and screams. I'm thinking, this is a good one. I encouraged myself on the Lord. Listen, look at, look, at the, look at this right here. He inquired of the Lord. Number two, if you're going to make it through the, the, the deluge of attacks that are upon the church, upon your life, upon your calling, upon your ministry, upon your business, if you're going to make it through and not get weary in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the fray, you're going to have to learn how to encourage yourself on the Lord. How? Read the word, pray, worship. And, and then it goes on to say, he asks for the ephod, and he inquires. Inquire is another word for pray. And God speaks to him. So if you're taking notes, he inquired of the Lord, and God speaks to him. He asks, shall I pursue the raiding party? Will I overtake them? He says, pursue, and you will certainly overtake them. You shall succeed in the rescue. How lame. NIV. Lame NIV interpretation. The, the better interpretation is pursue, overtake, 
recover all. That's, that's the best interpretation to me. And I just like it because I can remember it. Pursue, overtake, recover all. Say it with me. Pursue. Another version says recover everything. So he does. He, he begins to go. He, he gets a word from God. You know, you need a word from God. I said, you need a word from God. Every day you need a word. My kids would poke fun at me because I would frequently say to them, what's the word of the Lord? If you're part of my staff, I'll frequently say it to you. There's different seasons. I would say it more than at other times. It's a good time to say it. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, what's the word of the Lord? What's God saying? What's God saying to you? I, I talked about David Simmons. I'd ask him. He never even skipped a breath. The Lord was talking to me just yesterday, and here's what he said. <laughs> he just didn't stop. What's the word of the Lord? He got a word from the Lord. But you know, he didn't just get a word, and I know a lot of people that get a word. It's great to get a word. How about do the word? He does it. He actually gets going. He gets going. He, he strengthens himself. He prays. He, he gets a word, and he obeyed. He obeyed. He obeyed. He, obe- he, he obeyed. I did that on purpose. I'm not like a Tourette's or anything trying to emphasize, obey. He obeyed the word. And he comes across this divine appointment, and I'm going to narrow this just a little bit. Cut off some verses that are powerful. You can read them later. 600 men. Some are too tired to go over. 200 men are too exhausted. How many of you know that's okay? You know, Pastor Kirsten's exhausted. I was going to say you look exhausted yourself, but that's not very nice of me to say, is it? But you need some rest. Day and night, day and night, push, 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 push. Why? Pumpkin patch and a lot of other things. And there's times where you need to rest. You know, I get, I'll just tell you for me, if I get too tired, I don't care if David's on the guitar. I don't care who's leading worship, great worship set, really enjoyed it. Got touched. You know why? Because I had a nap. I had a nap, and because I had a nap, I got, I got, I got refreshed at home, and I was ready to worship. I can't even, for me, I cannot even feel God's presence. Not that you have to, but I'm pretty well hooked. If you're too tired, it's hard to move forward. And you can see that exhaustion has moved in for some people. 200 men couldn't go, and the two minus from 600 would be 400 then. It's a little bit of math. And they have this divine appointment. They found an Egyptian in the field, they brought him to David, gave him water to drink, they helped him, they had mercy. They gave him part of a cake of pressed figs. Yes. Just needs a glass of milk or something right there. Two cakes of raisins. He ate and was revived. And little did they know that this Egyptian, who was a slave of an Amalekite, if you go to the next verses, verse 13b and following, he was left for dead. But God allowed him to be the messenger, giving the strategy for where his family was. To me, it's a picture of continuing to do good 
to continuing to bless and help people and reach out and be kind and compassionate, even though you're tired. Hold the door for someone. Still be a blessing. Still, still be generous. Continue to do the right thing. Do the right thing. And if people don't like it, they can stick it, whatever that means. Do the right thing. And if you'll do the right thing, then God will make a way for you. And God brought a little messenger that was sick until he got healed and he had the answer to where they were. So quickly, now, as they, they move forward in pursuit, they find them, verse 17, and they enter into battle. David fought from dusk until evening of the next day. So he has a word, pursue, overtake, and recover everything. But please hear me. Pursue, overtake, and recover everything. It wasn't like, yes, I got it all back. Look how long he has to fight. That's, I feel like we're right there. We're in a fight to finish the building. We're going to finish it. I mean, I, I, you're not done yet. Just be quiet and get to work and pray. Keep serving. Keep loving God. Keep your heart right. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. God is on the throne. And he's looking for people who, like David, would inquire, who would, who would pray, would strengthen themselves and not give in to the flesh, not give in to the world, not give in to the naysayers in your life, in your calling, in your purpose. Steve, I've seen this twice. Stand up on your feet, would you please? Brother Steve. I saw the power of God on you earlier, and I see, I see God on you. I'm telling you that there is a great move of the Spirit of God in your life. You've had an idea of how things are going to happen or how things are going to play out. Your heart of compassion and your heart of mercy and your heart to bring healing and the blessing of God to people has been seen before the Lord. And I hear him calling you David. And I'm going to do things for you that are going to astound all who know you. My hand is upon you. Be open to the direction, to the leading, to the guiding and the directing of my spirit. I'm going to remove some of the challenges that have been like shards of glass, even in your, even in your heart. There's been some things that you've been pushing back against and you just, you said, man, I don't know how long I can do this. The Lord is going to make a way for you. There is even a, uh, uh, like a, a gathering of like-minded people in your field. And the Lord is going to do some unique things, even in the medical field. He's gathering people. There are like-minded doctors and, and physicians and like-minded people. And I see God like bringing a coalition. I prophesied this over our good doctor, Remedios. You have a unique role to play. You've asked me, and the Lord says, I have tremendous plans for you. Now, Holy Spirit, touch him. In Jesus' name. Pursue, overtake, recover everything. Say it with me. Pursue, overtake, recover everything. Say it again. That was the word. Then he had to do the work. Talking to a pastor this week who just feels like, you know, they're not here, okay? They feel like they just want to quit. And knowing them well, I... I said, well, you're not quitting because God didn't tell you to quit. You're not done. 
He said, yeah, but I feel like I'm going to quit. I said, well, suck it up. Are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, we talk sissy to Christians. Don't, don't try to, if you, if you don't pull the sissy card on me, you're going to get another person. You need to grow a backbone. The jellyfish Christianity thing doesn't get anybody delivered. It doesn't. And we need to have compassion. And thank God for those with mercy. You want mercy, don't talk to me. I'm not the merciful type. We'll send you to others with mercy. And thank God for mercy. Come on, somebody say, thank God for mercy. And then in the end of the day, get to work, fight. Encourage your, strengthen yourself in the Lord. Inquire of God. Are you still on point? Is this still, do I still pursue? Do I still keep going? Is this really what you want me to do? Re, reconfirm the word of the Lord and get to work. And there's times where it's all night. There's times where you got to fight and pray. I've had people say, oh, well, it's such a wonderful anointing in the church at Kings. Yeah. There's a whole group of people that have been swinging the battle axe of the Lord for quite a while. And we're not even remotely tired. We just started. And we're going to continue to swing it, continue to pray, continue to decree. You don't get an open heaven type environment. I believe it's just maybe cracked. I think we're at the Nazareth ankle level of water. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't just happen. There's not a few hundred people on a Sunday night that come to church by accident. There's people that pray, people that give, people that sacrifice. Why? Because the hour is late and the day is short and God is looking for people like, with, like David who would pursue, overtake, and recover everything. And I'm telling you, it requires work and certain things, you know, certain things for me, I'm thinking, my God, how come they haven't come to pass yet? I've been getting after it for 25 years. Where is the breakthrough? Why don't I stop asking that? And when you, I had to stop asking, but at the same time, I had to not let my heart die. Because you can let your heart die over things and go, well, that's dead. No, it's not dead. It's just delayed. And delay is not denial. Come on, somebody say, it's coming. Come on, say it, say it louder, it's Come on, Pastor Karen, it's... It's coming. Yes! Woo! It's coming. Youth, you better prepare yourself. I'm almost done. Get back and get in your game. So David fought them from dusk till evening of the next day. And what happened? They got everything back. David recovered everything. Look at verse, I don't know, I'll tell you in a second. 18, David recovered everything. Verse 19, nothing was missing. Verse 20, he took all of the, the flocks and herds as men. Wow. And then verse 21, David came to the 200 men who were too exhausted to follow, were left on the, the side of the ravine, he came and he met David. He greeted them, and there's some people that were like, we don't, shouldn't give them anything. And David said, no, that's evil, and he blessed them. And if you go and read the rest of this, he blessed the leaders of Israel. He, he, he gave. Giving's key. Giver's gain. I want you to say that. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com.